welcome back to Jump Scare. I'm Shad, I'm one of your hosts. Uh, Betty couldn't be here today, but I'm lucky enough to be here today with Mr. Stephen Monroe, who is the director of the new Harlan Manor film for Tubi. Glad you could be here today, Stephen. Thank you. Glad to be here myself. Yeah. Uh, so I got I watched the movie last night, and my quest, first question for you is, uh, since you are one of the writers of it, yeah. why did you decide to set it in Missouri? Uh, well, it had to take place... Um, somewhere somewhat Southern based on the storyline. And um, based on where we filmed it, I thought it was the closest match. So it needed to be, it needed to be in that region. Um, so that's, that's why we put it there. So the, uh, so the atmosphere and the geography matched the story. Yeah, it did. Um, I was born and raised in Missouri. So that's why I was curious. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah. I uh, was born and raised in Joplin, Missouri. Oh, of and, course. Uh, yeah, and uh, when I was looking at it, you know, I, I, it was filmed in Canada, right? Yeah. Yeah, but, it, you know, the area where it was, it could have easily been that uh, part of Missouri because I've been through that area and it, it looked pretty close. So, uh, yeah, that's why I was curious because you really got it right on the head. Yeah, well, I'm glad, um, I'm glad your, uh, uh, your firsthand knowledge <laughs> matched. <laughs> I mean, I, it's one of those things that are important to me, especially, um, with the amount of filming in Canada that, um, you know, a lot of times we've all seen the movies that uh, are shot in Vancouver and are supposed to be, you know, whatever, Los Angeles or New York. And uh, and I've been in that situation many times. So I, I wanted to be as authentic as possible. Yeah, it's like one of the older X-Files episodes where they were supposed to be in Florida and everyone's wearing heavy coats all the time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're like, that doesn't seem like the Florida I know. <laughs> there's um, no alligators in vancouver either <laughs> yeah <laughs> you don't have to worry about that uh so now this is an original movie for tubi yeah um how did you get involved with them because we uh, a lot of the movies that we've covered over the last few years have been off of tubi <laughs> right um well i got involved with tubi uh through my manager stan spry who runs the production company cartel who um, started doing um, films for them. And when they did their first one, uh, which uh, I'm not sure what the street date is on it. Um, uh, Roxana, maybe you can help. Uh, first person shooter, we did that. And when we were getting ready to do that, um, Stan gave them my Harlan Manor script and they really liked it. So we did, um, we did both of those films and I had been, you know, very close to getting Harlan Manor made several times. Um, and as we all know, in the indie film world, um, money disappears a lot of the time. Uh, so I was really happy that uh, Tubi liked it and it was a sure thing. Um, so I'm very glad it worked out that way. Um, what were some of the inspirations for it? Uh, like, I, you were one of the writers of it, obviously. So um, where did you come up with the ideas for this at? Well, I had, you know, there was a, there was a section of time where there were a lot of these uh, paranormal investigator horror films and um, some of them I liked and some of them I didn't. And um, one day a producer friend said that you should, that, that you should write one. Um, and I did because uh, to me, there was never really the um, psychological thriller element in any of those. Everything was just based 
specifically around horror. And I wanted to do one that, you know, kind of dove into the dramatic and thriller uh, psychological elements of it um, with what these paranormal investigators do really uh, go through. And I have a very good friend uh, who was one of the stars actually of the I Spit in a Grave remake that I did, Chad Lindbergh, who is very much into this and had his own show. And he just told me these stories of certain places, how much they got to him. And sometimes he'd literally need to detox for a week and stuff like that. And things that made him not be himself, um, you know, in the process. And I just thought that was really interesting. So I really wanted to get into that element of it. Um, and then um, the co-writer, John Thaddeus, came up with this um, really interesting storyline that was based on fact of these types of like women's medical facilities um, in the turn of the century in the, in the South and the Midwest where secretly, um, you know, generally it was white women with money uh, who were married who would go there so nobody would find out what was going on with them mentally and also they would perform abortions there in secret and I just thought it was quite a fascinating piece of history to mold into um, some of the entities and that would be in this place and what they had gone through and what was done to them and stuff like that so it was kind of a combo of both of those uh, you know both of those things I just explained that made me go you know it's one of those things I don't care that there's been a lot done in this uh, genre like this. Let's let's do something different with it. Yeah, there's always room for more. Just because there's been other films, that doesn't mean there can't be more good ones. Yeah, exactly. And um, you know, some some horror fans uh, think the way you just mentioned, and others don't. And I've said this throughout my career um, many times. Uh, you know, you can't make everyone happy. You just got to do it you know, do your best and do what you feel good about and, and roll the dice and hope that people appreciate the project. I did like the aspect of the movie where, uh, like you said, they show like the, uh, the effects of being inside the manor and how it affects the different psychics. Because too many yeah. times in the movies, you see them go in and they, you know, they meet this ghost and they go through all this horrific stuff. And then the next day, they're just, you know, back at the mall shopping. There's no problems. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, um, yeah, that was that was one of the funnest uh, elements of it for me as a director because you know you're not just you know you're not just telling your actors oh this is where you're scared and this is where you get killed and this is <laughs> that you're actually dealing with a dramatic element of filmmaking which I always 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 try and you know bring into the fold uh, with horror because I've always felt that the best horror films have you know dramatic elements to them. Yeah, if it's all just blood and gore, you kind of lose something. Yeah, exactly. Uh, now, you've written and directed quite a few movies, but you've also just been a director on the films. Do you find it's easier when you've also written it, or does it affect you one way or the other? Um, no, you know, I mean, I think, uh, I mean, I guess I would say that I, I consider myself a director that writes, not a writer-director. I think there's a okay. big difference between the two. Um, you know, a lot of writer-directors are much more writers than they are directors, and I'm much more a director than I am a writer. So 
Um, to me, once I sign on to anything, whether my name's on the screenplay or not, um, I will always, always give it my all um, and don't think differently. Um, you know, the, the, I guess the plus is uh, when you have to change things on the fly, uh, which, which you do, um, it's easier when you've written it also because you're just, uh, you're so much more familiar with it um, than other projects. Yeah, you don't have to consult anyone but yourself. Sometimes, yeah. I mean, look, there's, there's always someone to consult. <laughs> the, <laughs> myth, <laughs> the myth of the, uh, of the director is, uh, is just that. It's, it's, it's a myth and I'm always constantly explaining to people who, you know, who think directors just go out there and do whatever they want. I'm like, yeah, there's a very small handful of those people. Um, the rest of us all have people to answer to. And um, that's why I, I try and explain to people politely. Sometimes, you know, you can't always rip a director's head off for everything. He's not, there's a lot of things he's not responsible for, but has to answer to. So, um, you know, I always, I always throw that out there because, uh, you know, I think some people get a bad rap sometimes for stuff that had nothing to do with them. Yeah, they just kind of had it dictated to them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yep. Uh, now, what was it like filming the uh, location there? It uh, it looked uh, pretty intimidating. You know, it was it. I had I had shot some other films in Winnipeg over the years, um, including another horror film in 2015, and um, I had driven past this location many times because it's not a very big city. Um, and it's actually known to have been haunted, um, which, you know, never really, uh, never really hurts when, when you care about authenticity and the, you know, there, there were, a, there were a few crew members that got creeped out and a few kind of strange things did happen. Um, okay. once we, you know, once we hit the ground running, I was so absorbed in, in, everything um you know with getting the movie shot that i didn't notice anything but the the first time we went in there to scout um and i've never had this happen in my life my iphone completely froze when i was trying to make a phone call <clears throat> to my wife actually and um it, i literally it completely froze and then wouldn't let me do anything i couldn't open any of the apps I couldn't hang up the phone was the phone kept ringing and my wife answered and then finally she hung up and the only thing that the phone would let me do was call 911 you know the emergency <laughs> SOS <thing>. yeah <laughs> so and that wasn't really an option because I, I couldn't really do that couldn't even turn the phone off I tried to fully turn the phone off wouldn't do it um, and then it dialed it dialed the emergency SOS itself, and I had to explain to the 911 operator that it was fake. And then we literally had to open the phone up and take my SIM card out um, uh, wow. to get it to, to turn off and 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 reset. And I've literally never had that happen to any phone anywhere. It was really weird. And there were two or three people right there with me that couldn't believe it either. It was. Uh, that was the first sign to me that there's something in there because, you know, we all know these, these entities do tend to mess with electronics. So um, 
that was the first clue. But once we got started, I was, you know, uh, I was too focused on other other things. But there are a few crew members that didn't want to go into certain areas and stuff like that. What is the location there? It's a, it looked, I know you say in the movie, it's like a hospital slash dormitory, but is that what it actually was or? Yeah, it was. Um, so it was the, the building that was the manor um, was the actual residence. Um, it, it actually fully fit the story. So the, it, it was turn of the century, it was built um, and it was the residence that they used some of the rooms, um, it was a children's hospital. Um, and then in the mid 1940s, they built uh, the actual hospital, the full hospital wing onto it, but then they kept that as the main doctor's residence there. So it was kind of exactly what, um, what fit into the story. Um, the only thing I added um, was uh, the pieces, the dialogue about the tunnel underneath, because there was a tunnel there that went from the house into the hospital. And I just thought that fit the story perfectly with what that, uh, that evil doctor, uh, Dr. Harland was up to um, going back and forth from the hospital to his residence there. So um, it, it fit really well. So it was, it, it was literally, um, the only difference was it wasn't a woman's hospital, but it was a children's hospital. Wow, that really worked out well. <laughs> yeah, it did. It really did work it. And it really helped for the actors too to really, you know, get into it. I know that 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 can be an eye roll for people, you know, oh, actors and, and all their crap. But it really, um, uh, to me, those those little details are are important to actors and their performances. Well, yeah, the, you know, people, like you said, they'll roll their eyes at actors over stuff like that. But, you know, it's not as easy as you think to just, pretend like you're scared of a tennis ball on a stick or whatever it is that you've got standing in for some kind of special effect or yeah. something like that. You actually have to have some skill to make that look believable. You do. And, and you, you know, every actor has a different um, system or method um, of, of how they, of how they get there. The, the, the three leads in this movie um, all, all were very similar and just could go in and out of stuff, you know, really quick. So it was a very, it's a very smooth running um, um, system with them that, that, that I had. Um, and just the script and the atmosphere really did it for them. And, you know, I'm, I, I always say when you cast correctly, it's, you know, what Hitchcock said, 80% of your work as a director is done once you've cast properly. And, uh, and then you're just there for support and little, you know, little, tidbits and morsels as, as I say in between yeah. takes of try this and try that and you know yeah it's uh acting is acting is a hard is a hard gig you know and people do roll their eyes at actors and their method and all that but also those are generally the same people that want to see good acting you know so yeah they kind of want the best of both worlds there they want them to not have any kind of process but somehow you know everything's always going to be perfect yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know how they think that's going to work exactly. I don't know. I just think some people like to be angry. That's all. Yeah, I've, I've noticed that. <laughs> we've, we've experienced that here with some people that just leave comments on our posts and things like they were just very angry because we liked or didn't like a movie. Like in the yeah. end, guys, it, it's just a movie. We don't have to fight over it, you know? I know. I mean, I can't even repeat some of the things that have been said to me or sent to me or posted 
over the years, even to the point where um, I had the FBI contact me once. <laughs> it was so bad. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, now you've worked a lot in horror movies over the years, but you've also worked in a lot of uh, directing Christmas movies. Yeah, I um, well, it's like I said, um, you know, I uh, I come from a film I come from a film family film family. So uh, you know, like I was saying, I I love to work, and I consider myself a working director who loves movies, not just one genre. Um, yeah, you know, and I like to. Uh, you know, I, I like to try every, every genre and I, uh, you know, one day, oddly enough, after doing some very R-rated uh, horror films, I stumbled into directing a romantic comedy and then suddenly for several years I was getting called over and over again, which timed out, you know, well for me because I kind of stepped away from horror for a bit because after I did the two, um, I spit in your grave films, the the remake and then the sequel. I was just getting a lot of really, really, really bad scripts, um, and uh, you know that 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 can be dangerous if you're kind of considered a certain genre director, um, you know. And then suddenly you 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 do a couple of well received films, and then suddenly you do a bunch of garbage after that um it can be a little deadly and, and it was also it was burning me out the scripts i was reading were just really bad so you know i said uh hey if i can uh if i can do some of this and 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 have fun and they have their challenges also you know it's like it's not like they're easy just because they're christmas movies and rom-coms and stuff like that so it was a nice uh change of of pace for me for a while you know and and, and again i'm not the type of person that goes well I'm just not going to work until the right script comes around I you know um, as as my wife says you wake up every morning and if you if you're not on your way to a film set you're not the happiest person in the world so (laughs) (laughs) I like to uh it's you know it's it's my heart and soul so I you know like I said I like to consider myself a, a, a working director and not just this or just that you know yeah, I was just going to ask, like, what are, you know, you've done in both types of genres. Uh, you know, is it kind of uh, relaxing after the horror movies to kind of go into something a little lighter and not as uh, not as intense as, like, I Spit on Your Grave and I Spit on Your Grave too? Well, you know, they all they all have their different intensities, you know. I mean, the obviously, the I Spit on Your Grave movies were very um, emotionally draining, Um and, and intense, but then, you know, you go and do a lighthearted romantic comedy and then those are more, you know, physically intense. I know it sounds funny, but you know, you've got X amount of days to shoot a very long script and a lot of expectations um, from producers and networks to, to deliver certain things. So, you know, they're, they're not any harder or easier to shoot, but you know, you're not dealing with incredibly intense or violent content. So I, I would say that's really, you know, the only difference between the two. The productions, you know, you still get your butt kicked, you know, every day. And, and until you're until you're doing those 40, 50, 60, 100 million dollar movies, um, you know, the um the you know, it's not a fairy tale like people think it is. It's not glamorous like people think it is. So 
you know, they all have their big challenges. Hey, you've worked on a lot of stuff over the years. Um, I've, uh, I was when I was looking at all your filmography. I realized I've seen a lot of your movies, um, <laughs> like uh, Sasquatch Mountain. It uh, that was the that was the Sci-Fi Channel title. It was actually called Devil on the Mountain, and there's dialogue in the movie about it. And then I, I do remember that thinking that that you, you hear the title change on a lot of these things. And yeah, yeah I remember yeah. that one. I had actually uh, met Lance Henriksen at a convention, and he was talking about that film. I love shortly Lance. after it came out, and. Yeah. Uh, See, I've seen that one, and of course, they asked it on your graves. But I, I see you have worked on a lot of things over the years. Everything from the Sledgehammer TV series, which I grew up watching, <laughs> to Babylon Five, and yeah. you've had a lot of uh, varied uh, jobs over the years in film and a lot of different kinds. So I yeah. think that helps you. I mean, do you think that helps you out, like with you know being able to go between the different genres so easily? Yeah, I mean, you know, look, my. Um, my father was a cameraman and my mother produced and directed theater. And when I was eight years old, I told my dad I wanted to be a director and he got me a super eight camera and I started making my own movies. And after I graduated high school, I said, you know, I'm going to go out there and be a director. And he said, well, what you're going to do first is you're going to learn every job on the set and you're going to, you know, at least master a couple of them before you start directing. Times have changed now, you know, people just raise their hand and say, oh, I want to be a director. And suddenly they're directing now. Um, where I came from, you had to not only work your way up, um, you had to prove yourself. And if you didn't know all the jobs on the set, you weren't, you weren't respected by the crew once you were at the helm. So, um, yeah, it, 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 it does help, I think, um, for sure, bouncing around with genres, but it also helps for me to get things done more efficiently on set because, you know, I know what each department is doing or what they're supposed to be doing or what they're not doing <laughs> when they should be. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that <does> help. <laughs> yeah, and I went through, you know, I spent 12 years in the camera department because to me, that I was, you know, that was where, that was where my father was, but he was a career, you know, cameraman, camera operator. Um, but I wanted to be there because, you know, in, in, in those days, the focus puller and the operator, they were right there, right next to the director, right next to the actors. So, you know, that's where I wanted to be to observe all that. I didn't want to, you know, just be on set running around doing stuff. I wanted to be right in the middle of all that. So that's why I went through camera and I stayed in for about 11 years because of what my father said to me, he was, uh, you know, and then, uh, and then started uh, rolling the dice on, on directing at that point. But um, yeah, I mean, I don't think a lot of that happens that much anymore. Um, I think director in the last couple of years has become the, the position to just toss to people and um, I think Hollywood's paying for that just a little bit sometimes. Yeah, I can, I can agree with you on that one. Uh, do you, how do you feel it's changed from going, like, obviously when you started, everything was shot on film. Yeah. And now majority of things are digital. Like, how has that changed, like, working on the set for you and that? You know, just well, it's, you have, yeah, I mean, pretty much everything is digital. I think there's, what, four or five directors that are still shooting film, but you know, it's not at the budget range, uh, you know, I'm generally at, and I, you know, I'm not anti-digital. I mean, I, there's, uh, 
even even when you could still shoot film, there were several things that I shot digital because you know there's certain textures and stuff that you like. But it's it's changed the set a little bit. I mean, um, you know, the focus puller used to be right next to the camera. The camera assistants were all around there. You don't see the focus puller anymore. He sits in the corner with a little monitor and a, a, a remote control. Um, uh, so on set, the digital has changed like that. Um, I, I still treat it like I'm shooting film. You know, a lot of directors will just roll and keep rolling because they don't have the fear of, you know, rolling, uh, running out of film like you used to when you had the film magazines. I still treat it like that. You know, I'm always telling the assistant directors, you know, when I say cut, we got to cut. A lot of times I'll say cut and everyone yells, you know, still rolling because it's digital. And, and I don't like that because people have to sit through the dailies. The execs have to sit through the dailies. The editor has got to sift through the dailies. And I also think it's a pacing thing. So that's how it's changed on set. Post-production has changed a ton in the digital world. Um, and I think about 25% of it is good and about 75% of it is bad. I want to bore your listeners with all that post-production info, but it's, uh, it's, it's post-production has gotten quite frustrating. Nobody communicates anymore um, directly. Everything's just email and digitally and, you know, long, the, long email same. chains. Yeah. <laughs> it's not the same as when everybody was in the room watching it at the same time. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, you know, I would say there's, uh, there's a lot of pluses. There's a lot of minuses, um, you know, with, with digital, both both ways. <clears throat> now, uh, when will Harlan Manor be released? Um, Harlan Manor uh, premieres on Tubi on the 29th of October. Okay, that's next Friday, right, yeah. Yes, next Friday, yeah. Yep, and um, I'm pretty excited. It's I think it's the first horror film that I've directed um, that I'm gonna let my kids see because they're only, um, uh, 10 and 13. Um, so they're, they're excited to watch it. There's no way in the world they could have watched or some, or some of the other ones, but, uh, so, uh, they're excited cause they're into, they used to watch all the ghost hunting shows and all that. And, um, so that'll, uh, that'll be nice. And I, I hope everyone likes it. Um, you know, I'd say I'm, I'd say I'm happy with it, but anyone that knows me knows that I'm never hundred percent happy, but I think, uh, that's called directoritis is what I call it. But, um, I hope everyone's happy because, um, I think it's pretty cool. Uh, what's up next for you? Uh, I just, uh, just in post-production on another, uh, horror film for Tubi called, um, Unborn, um, which is like a Rosemary's Baby type horror okay. thrill um and we just well, we just um, wrapped that and i'm editing right now all right well thank you for taking the time to come and talk to us today we appreciate this and uh we will be looking forward to harlan manor thank you shad appreciate it no problem thank you and Take for our listeners stay tuned to the horror and now folks it's time to say good night we sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night.